Welcome back. I've taken a bit of a break during the summer. Had a lot of things going on in my life, but I wanted to get back into something that gives me a lot of satisfaction, which is continuing sharing some of the words of Rabbi Sachs in my podcast. And when we left off, we were continuing to go through the book Morality, and we are on chapter 18, which is entitled Meaning. So there was a survey in November 2018, which looked at how Americans find meaning in life. And not surprisingly, most people found that the largest, the most important source was family. Other, other um, meanings were also found in career, money, friends, hobbies, activities, and religious faith. But the survey also found that a lot of people lived lives of quiet despair. Only 11% of people actually found that learning was a source of meaning in their life only 7% mentioned helping other people. Now this is surprising because philosophers have identified the search for a meaningful life with service to a moral cause, a community, a country, or God. But people in this survey tend to describe moments when they felt good about themselves as meaningful moments. And this goes back to Rabbi Sachs's premise, which is in the world of I, the search for meaning has become less meaningful which is problematic because we're meaning-seeking animals. Now, not everyone who finds a meaning in life does so in consciously moral terms, but they can often uh, find it in some sort of project involving challenge, dedication, commitment, and effort that takes them beyond themselves, so going beyond the I. When they have a life dominated by themselves, it, it leads to a perception of meaninglessness. Meaning really involves acknowledging the world beyond the self. So Rabbi Sachs argues that we have, in a world where we have unbridled freedom, the world's actually become less meaningful for people. When everything's available, every lifestyle is offered, when you have all this freedom, but nothing to guide you, it's not so much that you lose the thread of the meaning of your life, but you have trouble even staying focused on the question. Rabbi Sachs uh, once debated the well-known atheist Richard Dawkins and they had an exchange where he said to Richard, you're just, you're just tone deaf, you can't hear the music behind the noise or beneath the noise. And Richard replied, you're right, I am tone deaf, but there is no music. How, if you're tone deaf, can you know that there's no music? For some, the negative certainties of the modern world have removed the very possibility of hearing divine music, of hearing a, a voice beyond. Now, Rabbi Sachs has a book that he published a few years ago called The Great Partnership, and he talked about two primary modalities, which often seem to conflict, but he explains in his book that they're symbiotic. One is science, which takes things apart to see how they work and religion, which puts things together to see what they mean. And what religion does is it creates a narrative. And narrative is how we construct meaning out of events. Um, it doesn't, it's not a simple verification or proof or refutation the way science is. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily fiction. It's storytelling, and storytelling is the essence of what we are as meaning-seeking people. Rabbi Sachs quotes uh, 
Alastair McIntyre in his book, After Virtue, where he says, quote, man is in his actions and practice, as well as in his fictions, essentially a storytelling animal. Deprive children of stories and you leave them unscripted, anxious stutterers in their actions as in their words. So we're in large measure, we're the story that we tell about ourselves, which means that we're always a work in progress because our story is always changing. And we don't construct that story out of nothing. Our lives, our culture, our faith all shape that narrative which reshapes our life. So Rabbi Sachs goes on to talk about Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs, you can look on YouTube, he gave a um, pretty poignant uh, commencement address in, at Stanford in 2005. And you can go on YouTube and watch it for yourself. But he gives a retrospective of his life and talks about three crises and what he learned from them. The first occurred at college. Well, before we go to that, let's, let's talk about Jobs' background. So Jobs was adopted. His um, birth parents gave him up. Uh, they were well-educated, and they gave up with the condition that he had to attend college by the adopted parents. The adopted parents were relatively um, poorly educated, but did make a commitment that they would send him off to college. So the first of Jobs' crisis was when he was at college, and he realized he was wasting uh, his adoptive parents' precious financial resources because he really wasn't engaged in all the requirements needed to graduate. So he dropped out and instead he just started taking, he just started walking in the classes he felt interested him. And those were classes such as calligraphy. Um, he started working on computers on the side, just kind of living a bit of a nomadic life. But it allowed him to discover for himself what his true passions were. The second crisis was when he was dismissed from Apple, which was the company he created. And while that might be a source of despair to see you dismissed from your own company, it led to him forming a new company called Next, which then bought out Pixar and uh, led to uh, him being very successful and ultimately uh, coming back to Apple. The third story was was him being diagnosed with cancer, which made him focus on a clear vision of what really mattered. And, you know, he says, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. And that's what death really does. The prospect of death gives us focus and allows us to be released of unessential or um, aspects of our life. But the, the, the reason why Rabbi Sachs brings this up is how Jobs closes, where he talks about connecting the dots of his life. And he says this, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward. So you have to trust the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. This approach has never let me down. So what Steve Jobs is talking about here is he's constructed a narrative of his life. He was focusing on what made his life a story and what kind of story it was. Now, obviously, Steve Jobs suffered through three significant uh, crises in his life. I mean, besides the fact that he didn't have, uh, he wasn't raised by his biological parents and was adopted, he then had to deal with the fact that he gave up on his education. 
He was fired from the company he founded that was his identity and that he had a deadly case of cancer. But what narrative does by putting this together is it shows how the future can redeem the past, how what seems like a disaster can turn out to be a turning point in the journey whose final destination is more remarkable than what might have been otherwise. So Steve Jobs didn't become who he was despite the challenges he faced. Steve Jobs became who he was because of the challenges he faced. And th- and that's what we have to remember as we search for meaning in life because meaning to a certain degree, life to a certain degree is suffering. And you know how do we find meaning out of suffering? And unfortunately, when people perceive that life is, does not include suffering, then when they suffer, they realize they, they feel their life doesn't have meaning. But the way to look at this is uh, to look at a concept called the redemptive self. And this is the basic structure. Bad things happen to me, but good outcomes often follow. My suffering is usually redeemed as I continue to progress, to learn, to improve. Looking to the future, I expect the things I've generated will continue to grow and flourish even in a dangerous world. And this is actually a Judeo-Christian view of time. Time is a vehicle of growth, change, discovery, encounter, and redemption. And this is in contrast to the cyclical view of time that's found through the the ancient Greek culture, which is that there's a never-ending cycle of, of fate versus a Jewish perspective, which is life and time is a continuum. We're always progressing to a new stage. The redemptive self does not live in the moment, it lives in the future, which is made possible by the present and in the story that reveals itself only in retrospect. And it sees personal suffering as a prelude to growth and to alleviating the suffering of others. It focuses on the moral responsibility that's the product of our ability to imagine a world that has not yet been, and to act in such a way as to help it into being. And this is really, if you look at the, the Jewish concept of history and tikkun olam and perfecting the world, we, we look at history as an ongoing march to make a more perfect society in the image of God. So life is a story. We each have our own story. It's our response to the call of suffering in the world. And great lives respond to the reality of other people in which we, each of us heeds when we stretch out our hand to the needy and turn strangers into friends. When we go beyond ourselves and develop relationships and recognize that our life is a journey and our life requires us to engage with other people in the service of good, That's how we lead to a meaningful life. And in the end, we look back retrospectively and see how the dots of our lives connected to provide us with what we can, uh, provide us with importance. So hopefully, you know, as we, my, my, um, my wife often talks about trying to find meaning in the mundane 
And I think that's important because when we're constantly looking for the next thrill, we're looking for something else. We're not appreciating the blessings that we have. And we're, we're just looking for a surge of dopamine to give us a brief moment of pleasure to provide meaning. But anyone who's had a history of addiction can say that uh, those brief bursts of pleasure after they're over, they make you feel down and worse than you did before you even started. So it's it's the things that take time and take effort and take years to build that provide true meaning. And a full understanding of that meaning can only be understood in retrospect. So I hope everyone has a great and meaningful week and talk to you again soon.